Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Politics by Faith, brought to you by Public Square and Patriot Gold Group. Thanks for being here. We did a special Politics by Faith on the TV the other day. I felt this was such an important topic, so we just took this podcast and did it on the TV show, and I just want to present it in full here to you. So we talked about anxiety when it comes to money and the economy. This is one of my biggest failings, issues, and uh, I just want to talk it out loud and see where you stand on it as well. So this opening segment is about how you can't serve two masters. And then we talk with Dave Arnott. He is uh, known as the Christian economist, author of Biblical Economic Policy, 10 Scriptural Truths for Fiscal and Monetary Decision-Making. Just talking about how we should view money versus how the world views money. I hope this episode is helpful for you. Because I have way too much anxiety, particularly about money. By the way, this podcast, the reason I started it is because I didn't want to have anxiety. It's really therapy session for me. So join me because anxiety with money is my biggest problem. We're living in a time when there are runs on the bank. How's the economy going? I don't know. Banks are failing. There are pictures of people standing in line outside of a bank hoping to get their money out, hoping their money's still there. This is stuff out of your ninth grade history textbook, learning about the 1930s. But here we are today. Yet we're told it's the best economy ever. Things are going great. We'll talk about that with one of our guests coming up in a little bit. Uh, I was thinking, hey, maybe we should take some time to list all the reasons why you should be anxious about money. But you know, it's not like I need to make you anxious. You have the anxiety already. Your brain is already spinning with economic worries. Mine is, anyway. The uh, spinning brain, by the way, that's a big problem. That keeps me up at night makes it hard to go to sleep. But if I'm so exhausted, I can still fall asleep. Maybe I'll wake up like 2 a.m. and just instantly thinking about money. Instantly, right away. And then I can't go back to sleep. So it's like, well, I guess I'm up at 2 a.m. now. At best, I sleep through the night and it's the first thing I think about in the morning when I open up my eyes. First thing, boom, right away. This is all really unhealthy. Physically, it's unhealthy. And it's a sign that my spiritual health is not where it needs to be either. The Bible says you're supposed to fix your your eyes on Jesus, author and perfecter of my faith. Instead, my heart is clearly fixed on money and my bank account. It's what I think about 90% of the time. When I was really playing the stock market right in the beginning of COVID, I was checking Robinhood, no joke, a hundred times a day, at least a hundred times a day. It was brutal. I finally got out. I said, I sold everything. I can't do this anymore. That was helpful. But it hasn't fixed the bigger problem. And the amount of money makes no difference. I've had times of plenty of money, and all I think about is money. And I've had times when I've had very little money, and all I think about is money. (laughs) 
So the idea that, oh, I think about money all the time, but if only I made more, then I'd stop thinking about it. Nope. You always want more. You always want more. You'll never be content with more money unless you're content with the amount of money you have right now. That is a fact of life. You'll never be content with more money until you're content right now. And the more you think about it, the more you crowd out God because you can't serve two masters. I was going to say that the, uh, the, the spinning of anxiety in my head also makes it down to my stomach. So I'm not sure how the anxiety manifests itself in your life physically, but can we just all agree we want it to stop? Can we all just, I don't want this anymore? And that's what today's special is all about. By the way, it's not just you can't serve two masters, right? It's no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Bible is very specific about it being about God and money. But I just want to be clear. It's not, fine, uh, I'll make money my master, but God is also very important. Close second. Money first, God, close second. Now, when you make money your master, you will hate God. You will despise God. There is no close second. That's what that scripture says. You will love one and hate the other. The word devoted to means uh, to, to cleave to. It means to hold firmly and cleave. So it's not just you're, you're serving money. You're devoted to it. You become a part of it and it becomes a part of you. You attach yourself to it. You become one. It infects you. You become one with money or whatever you're devoting yourself to. So would you rather uh, devote yourself to money or to God? That's why God wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's part of the becoming a part of, of well, whatever you desire. Can I tell you an absolutely terrifying thing here? This, this story, I think of this story a lot. This is, this is a story if you think you can serve both, if you think you can do both, serve God and money. It's an Old Testament story, 2 Kings 17, if you want to read it. So the short of it is the Assyrians conquered this area and they, they brought their own people into the conquered area. And verse 25 says, and at the, uh, the beginning of their dwelling there, they did not fear the Lord. Okay, so they go in, they take over and they don't care about God. So what did God do? Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. <laughs> so lions came and killed a bunch of people. Major bummer. And that would be quite terrifying if you really think about it. Anytime you go outside, a lion could come and attack you. There were some tornadoes in Georgia recently and uh, it hit a wild animal park and two tigers escaped. So you wouldn't let your kids play outside knowing that there's two hungry tigers on the loose. And that's what the Assyrians were faced with. So they were freaking out. So the king of Assyria ordered the uh, people to go get the priest and teach the Assyrian people the law of the God of this land, right? So uh, the priest uh, taught the people how to fear God. It's great, wonderful. But verse 29, every nation still made gods of its own and put them in the shrines of the high places. Hmm. So they were taught to fear God and they did, but they also, still worshiped their own God. They did the whole, oh, close second. What gods? Well, there's uh, five of them. This is in verse 30. It says, the men of Babylon made Succoth Banoth, 
This means, uh, this is one of their gods. This is, uh, means booths of daughters. So think the red light district in Amsterdam. These are places where men would put prostitutes, where fathers would put their daughters up for prostitution. So that was one of the gods that they worship. Uh, it says the men of Kuth made Nergal. He was their warrior god. His titles were the storm ruler, the king of battle, the champion of the gods. That was another god. So they'd worship God and Nar Nergal. The men of Hamath made Ashima. Ashima was the mother goddess. The Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak. Nibhaz means the barker. So he was a dog. They worshiped a dog. Tartak was a donkey. So you can see how depraved everyone was. They were worshiping dogs and donkeys. But it gets worse. The Sephirvites burned their children in the fire of Adramalek and, and, and Anamalek. So good, we got uh, child sacrifice, <laughs> burning children at the, author, uh, the, uh, the altars. Super. Now listen, my point of going through all those, you know, like Slater, I don't, I don't care about these ancient gods. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. We worship the same gods. We don't call them that, but we worship the same god. The, the booths of daughters, Right? That first God I told you about? Uh, that's pornography. I was reading the other day that uh, OnlyFans, you know OnlyFans, they have, this was in 2021, this is the most recent I could find, they had 170 million users. 170 million! The CEO a couple years ago said they were adding 500,000 new users a day. Like, how can that possibly be? How can that possibly be? Pornhub is the third most popular website in the country, only behind Google and YouTube. It's more popular than Facebook and Amazon. So we worship our own booths of daughters. We have our warrior gods. They're our athletes. It's all this like simulated battle talk and everyone looks up to the, the great heroic athletes. Our mother goddess is Mother Earth, the environmentalist, of course. We worship dogs, <laughs> but all animals. And then, of course, child sacrifice. I mean, there's a million abortions a year. We're no different than the Assyrians. We're no different at all. But that's the point of the story. Because here's the most terrifying line, verse 33. So they feared the Lord, but also served their own gods. So they said the right things about fearing God, respecting God. They had uh, the priests come. They went through the motions. They did all the right stuff. But they still also served their own gods. This is us. This is me. Going to church, reading the Bible, reading the right books, saying the right Christian things, but just like the Assyrians, still worshiping money, still worshiping other gods, still thinking, almost always, about other gods. There's nothing new under the sun. The same is said about us. Oh, the economy uh, was going bad. But the Americans, the economy was going bad. So they worshiped God for help, right? They prayed to God that he would give them more money. That's just like the Assyrians did. They didn't want to get eaten by lions. That's what inspired them to go pray to God. They didn't want to get eaten by lions anymore. <laughs> like, what's going on with these lions killing us? Let's find out, let's, let's pray to this God and maybe the lions will go away. Same thing people do, hey, let's just pray to God for more money. Pray to God for a better economy. Maybe he'll bring it. Uh, but those Americans still worshiped all these other gods. Martin Lloyd-Jones 
It's one of my favorite. It's a pastor like the 1950s in England. He said, there is nothing that is so insulting to God as to take his name upon us and yet to show clearly that we are serving mammon, money, in some shape or form. That is the most terrible thing of all. Of all. It is the greatest insult to God and how easily and unconsciously we can all become guilty of this. I also believe the most terrifying line of scripture is Matthew 7, 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? We did all the right things. We said all the right thing. And then I, Jesus said, I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. <sighs> to be that whitewashed tomb, nice and clean and painted white on the outside, but full of bones and everything unclean on the inside. To be going through the motions, yet spiritually dead on the inside. To say you're, you love God, but to be worshiping other gods instead. That's what I reflect on when I get anxious about money. Who do I love? Who do I trust? Who do I really trust? Do I trust God? Clearly not. Clearly not. I trust Robin Hood. <laughs> I trust my bank account. That's why I'm checking it all the time. That, that, uh, that anxiety that I feel, it's a, it's a warning alarm that my heart is not right and that I'm serving the wrong master. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. So that is 100% true from the wonderful Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman is an atheist. I wonder how that changes things or, or plays into the equation here. Dave Arnott is here. He is the Christian economist, author of Biblical Economic Policy, 10 Scriptural Truths for Fiscal and Monetary Decision-Making. Dave, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing fine, Mike. It's good to be with you today. I'm curious what problem you saw that led you down this path of your, uh, of your expertise. What problem when it came to thinking about money and using money did you observe that we needed to fix? Thank you, Mike. And what I saw was decisions being made from the wrong assumption base. Look, where you start has a lot to do with where you end up. And currently, a lot of our decisions that being made at fiscal and monetary levels, and that's what the great Milton Friedman was talking about, come from other than a biblical standpoint. And I simply ask the question, what are our assumptions for making these kinds of decisions? So why has debt gone from 58% of GDP when my sophomores at Dallas Baptist University were born to now over 120%? It's more than double in their life. What does the Bible have to say about that? Well, we think that that might be number eight on Moses' list, don't steal, because that is stealing from my sophomores at Dallas Baptist University. I'm not gonna pay for mm. they are. And so that's a small sample. And thank you so much for playing Milton Friedman. You're right, he's an atheist, but he made a great contribution to Christian economics, even though he didn't know he was doing it. And he is exactly right that inflation has been caused by fiscal, too much spending, and monetary, too much money being printed. How should What's the what's like a proper biblical view of money versus maybe how the world views money that has led us down the wrong path here? Yeah. Uh, money is a means of exchange. I explained it in the classroom yesterday. In finance and economics, money is a means of exchange. So the scripture that says a love of money is the root of all evil really does make good sense. Why would you love something that's only a means? We don't love it. We love yes. what it buys for us. And so sometimes in economics, we'll say money is a veil. There's something behind it. And that's the same thing that scripture says, which is how we use money is either in line with biblical context or it is not. And the point of my fellow author and I, Sergei Sadamatov, was that we were trying to make a framework for analyzing fiscal and monetary decision making based on biblical principles. That's great. I love this idea that it's just a means of exchange and therefore how can you love the means? That doesn't make sense. It's, it's for what? What are some examples that, that you uh, enlighten us, uh, can enlighten people with, of, of how we're off on the means? Oh, well, thank you for playing Milton Friedman again. And, and you mentioned that you just did a program on uh, loving two masters. I said this in the classroom mm -hmm. just yesterday, that the Fed started in 1913 with one master, meaning one mandate, that was to control inflation. Somewhere along the line, the second mandate was added, which is full employment. That's why we're in trouble today. If mm. we return to that original mandate, controlling inflation, meaning stable prices, we wouldn't be in the trouble we're in today. But they were trying to serve two masters and the Fed didn't do it. That's how they failed. That's a great point. One of, one of the, the themes of our podcast and show is to uh, prove the point that the Bible speaks to everything. It's all there. It just shocks me whenever I'm going through anything. Like it's right there in the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. Can you give us another economic principle that you found in the Bible? Well, how about from the last 10 minutes here? Uh, I'm an old guy and I struggle with technology. So your very nice technology guy, John, helped me. I've been talking to a producer named Matthew. My name is David. Your name is Michael. Are you getting it? We are surrounded. We all have New Testament and Old Testament names. The four of us have New and Old Testament. 
Where did that come? Matter of fact, Michael, now I'm going to tell your, your show producers to start calling you Ark because it was the Ark Angel Michael. <laughs> recently with, was with a guy who wrote a book called Enlightenment Now. Daniel Pinker says, well, we're smart enough now that we don't need a God in the sky or we don't need a father. Hold it. His mm. name is Dan E.L. Daniel means God judges us. So Daniel doesn't <laughs> want to be judged by the God when his name is Daniel. That's, That's a simple example. We are surrounded in this Melu in America by this Judeo-Christian history. All of our, not all, but the four names I mentioned, the three people I've talked to today at First TV have those names. I have uh -huh. them. So we should probably look at, well, where did we get those names and where did they come from? That's the same thing that I do with economics. Mm. By the way, first time director John ever got a shout out on the air. Thanks, Dave. I mean, he appreciates that. He did, it's about time. He deserves one. Um, so, 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 what else, what else is in there? What about economic? What monetary policy principles can we find in the Bible? Like, if, if the Fed, if you were part of the Fed and you stood up and they were making some policy decision, you're like, well, guys, the Bible says. Where would you point to? Yeah, one of my podcast. I do a podcast every week, and so I have one come out every Wednesday. Uh, you can find them under the Christian Economist. Just search for the Christian Economist, and it'll come up. Uh, one of mine is called The End of Fed Independence. My students watched that one this week. Another one is called Economic Humanism. They're acting as though humans are in control of the world. And that's mm. I think they can have these two mandates, controlling inflation and in controlling un unemployment, and do both of them. They cannot. Humans are not that powerful. They've made an assumption that they're in charge of the world, and they're not. And so they should join with some kind of biblical concepts that say, well, humans have their role, and God has a role, government has a role, churches have a role. It just seems to me that in our current society, that has gotten totally out of balance. I mean, everything from social security to unemployment, you can't find those in the Bible. So if you want a summary, because we don't have much time today, it is that so much of the things that are, the government is doing were assigned by the Bible to the church. Now, whether the church altered or the government took over, I'm not ready to answer that question today. I'm just mm. making a statement that there's so many economic events happening that the government should not be doing. Those were assigned to the church. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. 
unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8, then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, UVerse Channel 1220, or TV Stream. Such a good point. And I love the assumption. You talked about assumptions, the first thing you said. Uh, we have all these wrong, faulty assumptions. And I, I love that one, this, this pride that we're in charge and we can do everything. We just gotta pull the right levers and toggles and we can uh, manipulate people in just the right precise way to have the economic outcome that we at the Federal Reserve want best. And like, oh, how, how absurd, how arrogant is that? It's right, so is the economy a machine to be tuned and tinkered with by humans or is it an organic creation of God that we work with, but realize there's a God who guards and guides. So that assumption based then guides all your decisions. Yeah. So I would say- uh, Let me, go ahead. I think the greatest economic story in the Bible is the Good Samaritan. I would call him the capitalist Good Samaritan. I'll jump in the middle of the story and assume your, your viewers can follow me. Finding a man injured on the road, the man took out his own oil, his own wine, his own bandages, put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn and paid the fee and said, if you need more money, I'll pay you on the on, on my way on my return trip. That's mm-hmm. six things that he owned individually that he used. The socialist hears the same story and says, seeing a man injured on the road, he rushed into town and got some Roman soldiers. They enacted a tax and they forcefully took money away from citizens and bought public oil and public wine and public bandages and public donkeys and public gin and public denarii. That, that is not how Jesus told the story. He told yeah, the story in the point. form of a capitalist, good Samaritan, who owned his own goods and used them to serve others. Yep, absolutely. Uh, last question for you, Dave, because uh, this whole genesis of all this is anxiety. There's so much anxiety about everything, but particularly about money and about the economy. What's your advice, what are your thoughts on how to help people who are, who are very anxious about the way things are and what's to come? Yeah, uh, okay, I'm the Christian economist, so I operate in two camps, Mike, so that's a great question. The economist in me will really scare you to death, and I will scare my sophomores at Dallas Baptist University, and I'll tell them how, how this debt is gonna harm them every day for the rest of their life. Just the debt that's been taken on in the last three years. But that's nothing about total debt and how all these decisions are gonna make their life worse. But then I say, hold it, I'm the Christian economist. We believe there's a God who guards and guides. If we believe that, and we look back at history, we see that God has gotten us out of messes bigger and smaller than this. And we should believe that there's a greater being in charge and we should be hopeful. That's the difference between Christians and, and those who don't believe. We have hope. We have hope that things will get better. And we also know life is now better now than any time in history. By the way, that's the first line of the book by Angus Deaton. The book's called The Great Escape. He won the 2013 Nobel Prize for Economics. The first line of his book is, life is better now than any time in history. The Dave Arnott extension is, it's going to get better. Hmm. I like that. I like that hope. At least spiritually, it still can, regardless of if it does economically. Uh, Dave Arnott, the Christian economist. Dave, let's talk again, sir. Thank you for your work. Good pleasure. Thanks, Mike. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.